Section 18 of The Dove's Nest and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sia Tuine. The Dove's Nest and Other Stories by Catherine Mansfield. Second Violin. A February morning, windy, cold, with chill-looking clouds hurrying over a pale sky and chill snowdrops for sale in the gray streets. People look small and shrunken as they flit by. They look scared, as if they were trying to hide inside their coats from something big and brutal. The shop doors are closed, the awnings are furled, and the policemen at the crossings are lead policemen. Huge empty vans shake past with a hollow sound, and there is a smell of soot and wet stone staircases, a raw, grimy smell. Flinging her small scarf over her shoulder again, clasping her violin, Miss Bright darts along to orchestra practice. She is conscious of her cold hands, her cold nose, and her colder feet. She can't feel her toes at all. Her feet are just little slabs of cold, all of a piece, like the feet of china dolls. Winter is a terrible time for thin people, terrible. Why should it hound them down, fasten on them, worry them so? Why not for a change take a nip, take a snap at the fat ones who wouldn't notice? But no, it is sleek, warm, cat-like summer that makes the fat one's life a misery. Winter is all for bones. Threading her way like a needle, in and out and along went Miss Bray and she thought of nothing but the cold. She had just come out of her kitchen, which was pleasantly snug in the morning, with her gas fire going for her breakfast and the window closed. She had just drunk three large cups of really boiling tea. Surely they ought to have warmed her. One always read in books of people going on their way warmed and invigorated by even one cup. And she had had three. How she loved her tea. She was getting fonder and fonder of it. Stirring the cup, Miss Bray looked down. A little fond smile parted her lips, and she breathed tenderly, I love my tea. But all the same, in spite of the books, it didn't keep her warm. Cold, cold. And now, as she turned the corner, she took such a gulp of damp, cold air that her eyes filled. Yee-yee-yee! A little dog yelped. He looked as though he'd been hurt. She hadn't time to look round, but that high, sharp yelping soothed her. Was a comfort, even. She could have made just that sound herself. And here was the academy. Miss Bray pressed with all her might against the stiff, sulky door, squeezed through into the vestibule, hung with pallid notices and concert programs, and stumbled up the dusty stairs and along the passage to the dressing room. Through the open door there came such shrill, loud laughter, such high, indifferent voices, that it sounded like a play going on in there. It was hard to believe people were not laughing and talking like that, on purpose. "'Excuse me, pardon, sorry,' said Miss Bray, nudging her way in and looking quickly round the dingy little room. Her two friends had not yet come. The first violins were there, 
a dreamy broad-faced girl leaned against her cello two violas sat on a bench bent over a music book and the harp a small gray little person who only came occasionally leaned against the bench and looked for her pocket in her underskirt i've a run of three twice ducky said ma a pair of queens make eight and one for his knob makes nine with an awful hollow groan alexander curling his little finger high pegged nine for ma and wait now wait now she said and her quick short little hand snatched at the other cards my crib young man she spread them out leaned back twitched her shawl put her head on one side hmm, not so bad a flush of four and a pair betrayed betrayed moaned alexander bowing his dark head over the cribbage board and by a woman he sighed deeply shuffled the cards and said to ma cut for me my love although of course he was only having his joke like all professional young gentlemen something in the tone in which he said my love gave ma quite a turn her lips trembled as she cut the cards she felt a sudden pang as she watched those long slim fingers stealing ma and alexander were playing cribbage in the basement kitchen of number nine bolton street it was late it was on eleven and sunday night too shocking they sat at the kitchen table that was covered with a worn art serge cloth spotted with candle grease on one corner of it stood three glasses three spoons a saucer of sugar lumps and a bottle of gin the stove was still alight and the lid of the kettle had just begun to lift cautiously stealthily as though there was someone inside who wanted to have a peep and pop back again on the horsehair sofa against the wall by the door the owner of the third glass lay asleep gently snoring perhaps because he had his back to them perhaps because his feet poked out from the short overcoat covering him he looked forlorn pathetic and the long fair hair covering his collar looked forlorn and pathetic too well well said ma sighing as she put out two cards and arranged the others in a fan such is life i little thought when i saw the last of you this morning that we'd be playing a game together tonight the caprice of destiny murmured alexander but as a matter of fact it was no joking matter by some infernal mischance that morning he and rinaldo had missed the train that all the company traveled by that was bad enough but being sunday there was no other train until midnight and as they had a full rehearsal at ten o'clock on monday it meant going by that or getting what the company called the beat route but god what a day it had been they had left the luggage at the station and come back to ma's back to alexander's frowsy bedroom with the bed unmade and water standing about rinaldo had spent the whole day sitting on the side of the bed swinging his leg dropping ash on the floor and saying i wonder what made us lose that train strange we should have lost it i bet the others are wondering what made us lose it too and alexander had stayed by the window gazing into the small garden that was so black with grime even the old lean cat who came and scraped seemed revolted by it too it was only after ma had seen the last of her sunday visitors
End of section 18. Recording by Sia Tuine.